This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This weekend was, I think, OG, probably a difficult weekend for some people based on the weather pattern we're seeing here. We record this obviously a little bit early, but... uh, but I'm fairly certain that some people may have had it rough. So we're thinking about you folks, especially those people in uh, Florida. Hope that you're all right as you listen to this and hope we can help you out for the next hour. But you know somebody that helps us not just this last weekend, OG, but all the weekends and all the weekdays are men and women in the armed forces. I want to give a shout out to those people as well as to the aid workers. On behalf of Navy Federal Credit Union, men and women making podcast here in mom's basement. Let's all stay safe. Let's all go stack some Benjamins. Well, Jim Cantori knows in hurricanes. Wish I was drinking one right now down in New Orleans. If you see him on Channel 2, folks, you know what to do. Because the weather always seems to blow his away. If you see him in your backyard, pack light and paddle hard, cause the weather always seems to blow his away. Thank you. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and well, 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 look who's back to pretend she's not too good for us. Today, we welcome a very special guest who everyone agrees I launched. You could probably say I'm the wind beneath her wings. Our old buddy, Paula Pant, probably here to beg us to plug her little Netflix special. Jeez, always asking for more, she is. For our TikTok Minute... JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon has some fun words about crypto. We'll share his thoughts. In our headlines, what should you do if disaster strikes? We'll share tips from top sources. Plus, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to TD, who's asking about healthcare while you're on fire. Oh, I say, yeah, for sure, get that. Oh, no. Oh, during fire, like the financial independence thing. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Retire early. Okay. And then I'll share some too good for you trivia. And now two guys who I promise will never get too successful and leave you behind. Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. Hey there, stackers. It is Monday in mom's basement. Man, I hope you're having a good Monday. As we record this, OG, we got a little, uh, little storm, not brewing. so friendly weather pattern 
bearing down on uh, Florida right now. There's so. a storm of brewing, and we're not talking about what Doug yells after too many bowls of chili. <laughs> it's a whole, whole different, whole different storm. <laughs> but that is very serious in a micro way. It's very much a hurricane. And now that we've got it's the, a tragedy, let me tell you. <laughs> for those of you playing Stacky Benjamin's Bingo, we hit the poop joke in minute two. So you got that, you got that square, but we got much better than that today, guys. If you are somebody that might've been in harm's way, we've got a headline, hopefully that can uh, help you a little bit. Even if you're not in harm's way, oh gee, I think this is uh, great for all of us. And by great, I don't mean what is potentially going to happen here in the next few days. What I mean is we can maybe work in our preparedness and we're going to do that during our headline segment, but big news, Doug. Did, did I hear you correctly? Paula Pant coming back to join us. Yeah, she's crawling back. Just bang <laughs> She needs more publicity. Please, guys, prop me up again. Yeah, she's crawling because she went to Netflix. I mean, you know. You like, know. What, fourth tier streaming service? Duh. Who's, who's heard of Netflix? I mean, when we want to release something, we go straight to Vimeo immediately that's yes. <laughs> where the first string goes baby you know it's funny speaking of vimeo you know how you get partway through like any video like they're on youtube and you get like partway through and they get right to the good part you know what they do then oh i'll play it for you listen to this this episode is sponsored by state farm you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget well look no further than state farm State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, Staggers, is Military Appreciation Month. You know what that means. We are recognizing all of our stackers in the audience. My good friend, Nords, Doug Nordman, who uh, some of you may know, he is a writer in personal finance. He's a guy I'd like to do. A shout out to he is such a giving member of the fire community, the financial independence, retire early community. Uh, Nords will do anything for you. It's just, just, I think some of that comes from his time on a submarine, like my nephew Colin, who's on a submarine right now and all the work that uh, he did there, just a super giving member of the community. And you know what? A Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond, not this month, but every month. Navy Federal offers members only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. Here's one of their offers in honor of Military Appreciation Month. Join and get $50 when you open a credit card. Of course, you want to have your whole debt strategy planned out, don't you? Don't just go open a credit card willy-nilly, as mom says. Uh, here's a disclaimer. You got to join, open your membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. So get on it stackers. Annual percentage yield is a 0.25% for membership savings account, $5 minimum balance to open, maintain your membership savings account to obtain the bonus. Visit navyfederal.org for full terms and conditions. That's just one of the things they offer 24 seven help for their us based service members. They have resources all over the place. Head to navyfederal.org dot org for full terms conditions and other offers navy federal is insured by ncua equal housing lender every time 
every time they do yeah, that. You're right about that. Paula Pant waiting in the wings. But first, we've uh, maybe a little bit more important headline than normal. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. This uh, comes to us from the United Way. And you know, OG, whenever we're bringing you a headline from the United Way, that's not uh, that's not a great thing. Because uh, United Way, I'm sure, are out there helping a bunch of people, as is, I'm sure, the Red Cross. We talked about the military earlier. And this piece is, what do I do after a disaster? The piece reads, in the minutes, hours, and days following a disaster, people are dealing with a wide range of physical and emotional stress. They may be in physical stress due to injuries sustained during the disaster. They may also be feeling a deep emotional stress brought on by the loss of property, control over their lives, and in some cases, the loss of loved ones. People are also concerned about what's next following disaster. If you experience a disaster, this is their list, OG. Let's walk through these briefly. Number one, obvious, number, number one is super obvious. Um, make sure you, your family members, and pets are safe and accounted for. If family members are missing, seek help from first responders. I don't think we need to belabor that one. But the second one, make sure everyone takes their go bag and your lockbox of essential and financial documents. And this is a place, OG, that I think we all know we need this. We need the go bag. We need the lockbox. And I will tell you, I'll bet three quarters of the people listening to this podcast do not have that in a, in a succinct, easy to get place. Well, what would you put in it? What's in your go bag box of important financial documents? Yeah, that's probably the better question or better thing for us to talk about. Yeah, I think I need anything related to my bank accounts, my identity, where my investments are, my estate paperwork. I mean, I'm wondering what else? Passport, What what am I missing? Yeah, passport. I, I think about the things that are not replaceable. Almost mm. everything these days you can get a copy of somewhere else. For example, people say, well, you, need, you would need your, uh, don't forget your birth certificate or your marriage license. It's like, okay, yeah. I mean, if I was born out of state and that can be a kind of a big pain in the butt to get, but it's replaceable. There is a master copy of your birth certificate, you know, that sort of thing. I think passport would be really But you, but you really still got to have enough stuff to prove you're you. Yeah. So I would say like passport because passport requires other documents to get. And it's hard to get those other documents without the other documents, if that makes sense. So if you have a passport, driver's license, like those important identification type things, you know, obviously a marriage certificate and a birth certificate, that's a single piece of paper that's easy to throw in an envelope and and take with you. But, you know, I wouldn't fret about that. The estate planning documents, the attorney's got a copy of that. That's also electronically available. I would think your investment documents would also be electronically available. This, by the way, I want to go back to the estate documents for a second. You know, a lot of people, especially that listen to financial podcasts, do some of this stuff themselves. And hey, when you take a look at an estate document that a lawyer draws up, looks suspiciously like the same one that you hit print on online. I mean, in some cases, looks very, very, very close. But that's not, to your point, OG, I think that's not why you have the attorney involved. I think you have the attorney involved so that your family knows who to go to if something happens to you. You've already pre-selected. You've already pre-interviewed those people. They also have the backup document ready for you. Like there's all this stuff that happens when it hits the fan that the attorney can take care of. And you make it a heck of a lot easier if you use them from the beginning. What do you think about, and maybe this is jumping ahead a little bit, but what do you think about cash? And so we don't use a lot of cash anymore. 
But I think in a, in a state, especially if you're in an area of the country where there might not be, you know, power might be out for a long period of time. I know uh, a friend of ours, blogger Lance Cohern was talking about, he was uh, on the Florida coast a couple of years ago when, when it hit pretty hard, it hit directly at his house, like it within a block of his house was the center of, of the storm. And he talked about how he didn't have any, he didn't have any cell service for like three and a half weeks. He had to go get a cheap SIM card because AT&T was all that was working. Verizon was done. Everything else was, was out. Sprint was out and power was out for a very long time, a very, very long time. Yeah. So you think about like different ways of paying for things or communication, right? So you've got, you go, well, I, I, I got credit cards. Well, they require a cell signal or an internet signal of some kind. I need, well, I'll just Venmo you. You have to have power to charge your phone and you have to have cell or internet service to, to log in and make that transfer. But I don't think a lot of people think about cash. And for the average person, you know, it's not super easy to run to the ATM really fast and go pull out, you know, a week's worth of expenses in cash. I mean, I, I suppose there's probably a still limits on ATMs, right? I mean, I haven't taken money out of an ATM in forever, certainly not a lot of a big amount. So if you spend, I don't know, $5,000 a month, if that's your spending budget, how, how do you, you can't go to the ATM and take five grand out, you know? No, but you know what I learned is that you can, a lot of banks will allow you to set your own limit. So I don't know what the max is, but I think the default is like, $400 or something relatively small in this situation. And I know you can raise it a lot higher than that. I had to do it because of a time when I went to Costco and didn't have the one credit card that they took at that time. So I had to use my debit card and it got rejected. It was a little embarrassing. And so I made a phone call and learned, you can do this yourself, sir. So that is something to, I think that's a great thought. Um, Joe, you had about having cash and uh, because power's out, it's going to be tough for them to process credit card transactions. But maybe part of your emergency preparedness is go online to your uh, electronic services or whatever their homepage is for your financial institution and try to raise that ATM limit and then get in the car and go get a bunch of cash. Not to belittle this topic, but I want to focus just a second on you went to Costco and had to spend more than 400 bucks, like a pallet of Chardonnay, Kirkland Chardonnay costs more than $400. Uh, cheese curds. Thank you. Uh, Chardonnay, please. Anybody who's ever listened to the show knows I'm not drinking Chardonnay. Sorry, Riesling. Costco box wine is pretty legit. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny you say that because back at the time when this happened, $400 was a high bill. Anyways, I was just there like a week ago and thought, man, this inflation thing is real because Costco used to be, you know, the $100 store and then it was the $200 store. I had like half a cart. And it was almost 500 bucks. Oh, it's horrible. I bought next to nothing a couple of days ago, $85. I'm like, what, what the hell did I spend yeah. $85 on? Yeah. Well, it's sometimes that happens and it's like, oh, I bought razors. Well, there's 50 bucks right there <laughs> for 16 razor exactly. blades. That I'm not kidding. That's about 50 no, bucks No, that's now. where they get you. The little handle is $1.95 and then the, and then the razor blades right. are $985. Absolutely. No, but you go to Costco and there's always those couple of items that really spike your bill up. But this was not one of those trips. This was like a grocery trip and I was at almost 500 bucks. So we're way off topic here. I don't know if we're going to keep any of this. But. Absolutely. We will, because I just wanted to focus on your $400 bill. Like what the hell? <laughs> but very seriously. Yeah. Getting back to this, you, you either have to raise that limit or you have to go into the bank or plan ahead and begin building. Well, you have to that. think about it in advance, right? Yeah. Build that stockpile of money a little quicker. 
Yeah, you have to think about that a little bit further ahead, right? You have to think about, because again, how many people have that liquidity to be able to just go, oh, I'll just run to the bank real quick and pull out five grand. By the way, carrying five grand is, it's a stack of money. I'd be a little nervous. Well, but you could put it in that go box you talked about. You don't have to put it all in your pocket all the time, but if you've got a go box and, and or a lock box. Uh, let's, let's walk through. There's a bunch of these attend to physical injuries and emotional distress. I think the physical injuries piece of that is, is easy. You can see it. The emotional distress piece I've seen when I was a financial planner and loved ones pass away and the emotional distress that lingers, you know, we've talked about getting some help with that. I think, uh, that's something to watch out for. If you have a home standing, but there is damage, secure your property. This may mean making temporary repairs, take photos of the damage. And if you can, Remove valuable items that cannot be secured in your home. So if your home cannot be locked up, but it's safe to go into, go remove valuable items and get those to the home of a friend or a family member outside of the disaster area, if possible. You can also try to find a storage unit. Your insurance policy, by the way, may cover the cost of storage. Back to the one about like photos and video. This is also helpful to do in advance. Yeah. Right. That's what I was just going to say. Walk around with your, with your phone right now. And, uh, narrate your house of like all the stuff that you've got, especially now where you don't have to like store that anymore. It just stores on the cloud. You know, you can pull that file up anytime and say, yeah, there was a TV here on the wall or this is the condition of the appliances that I had or whatever. When my house was robbed, I was amazed by how much the insurance company took my word for it. But I had to know, oh, gee, <laughs> I didn't did mean like I, was, we do. I did not mean I was stealing from Progressive. I do, not, I, I do not mean that. What I do mean is that they just said, hey, list everything that's in your house. And the bad news is, oh, gee, if I had not taken some time opening up drawers and looking through them, like the, the amount of stuff that we owned that I would have never thought about if I was just trusting my memory would have been a fraction of what we really had. One box, yeah. 200 count rubber bands. Well, I, I was going to jump in and say, I think the one of the most important things or words that OG just said there was narrate. Because the first time I did that, when somebody said video, your house, easy way to document, I thought, oh, wow, I never thought of that. Great. So I walked around with the video and didn't say a word. I just kind of lingered over certain sections that I thought, okay, that's there's some valuable stuff there. And maybe we, and then I watched that a few years later. And that's when it dawned on me, man, I don't know if I'd remember that first edition book that's sitting there or that, you know, whatever that, that, that got handed down to me and has some value. So the narration actually, I think is as or more valuable than the picture or the video itself. Well, an important thing to narrate too, that did catch me unaware that I didn't do when it came to expensive items, technology items, they wanted the serial number Oh, geez. of those items. Yes. I mean, and who, who lists the serial item on your TV? But here's, here's the reason why they share that with local pawn shops. And that's the way they catch the people oh. is, is, and get your stuff back. And until you get your stuff back, at least for my homeowners, I got kind of an estimate of about what it was worth. But man, if you've got the serial number, the insurance company can go, this is exactly what it's worth. And yeah. you can help catch the perp. But if I got all my stuff from the pawn shop... And I give them the serial numbers. Are they then going to take it all and say this is stolen? This is stuff? Joe Salcihais. Oh, you stole what are you your doing own this TV and MacBook. Talk about a catch twenty two. You stole your own. Shit. 
<laughs> Joe, this, I mean, it, this is probably a, the perfect time to talk about this. We're already kind of talking about it, but even if we're listening and we're not directly involved in the hurricane and the, this current weather crisis that's happening, seems like this is a great reminder of a time to review our homeowners coverage. Yeah, it's sad that, you know, we think about wills when celebrities die, Doug, and we think about homeowners insurance when there's a catastrophe like over this weekend. But, oh, gee, when you talk to people about homeowners, what are some of the what are some of the must things that you really like that go along with that? I think you have to understand the coverage that you have for things that are kind of above and beyond. You know, jewelry probably has a finite dollar amount attached to it, and that may not cover all of your stuff, you know, maybe per piece, it's this amount and in aggregate, it's this amount. And that may not that, be enough. That first edition book that Doug talked about, if you've got something like that, you definitely want to get that appraised and have it uh, an amendment. Yeah. You need some sort of line items. Hard to find the serial number on that. Right. They're called ISBN numbers then. Uh, God, why do you have to be like that? So smart. SMRT. That's not actually what that is, but okay. I know. It's not a unique identifier for that copy. So don't try to act like Mr. Know-it-all. I know, Doug. I know. Of course, I know. So happens that you wrote, this is mine, property of Doug, <laughs> right First on the cover. Edition. That really... <laughs> writing on the spine. <laughs> I say this is the first one they first make. First one. <laughs> by the way, yeah. by the way, writing first to me does not make it a first edition. Yeah. The only edition. Your autobiography does not is not a uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a uh, collector's item. Uh anyway, sp- specific things I think uh you you want to know most people are find out far too late that their house is usually not insured for flooding. And, um, that's something that you have to consider separately, you know, from the, uh, from the uh, flood insurance people deductible, I think it's really important to understand kind of what your responsibility is there in terms of how much you have to pay before you get to start a claim. Overall, I think the biggest thing is the difference between replacement value and residual value. And this is a pretty noticeable difference in insurance in terms of premiums and in terms of benefit. If, if you're getting residual benefit using your MacBook example, Joe, from years ago that uh, vanished from your house, you know, the insurance company is going to look at that and say, well, that MacBook's a couple of years old. It's not, it's not worth, we're not buying you a new MacBook just because that one's gone. That's the residual value concept, right? It's like, it might've been 1200 bucks when you bought it, but today it's worth 400. You know, that's the trade in value. So here's $400. Replacement value is you had a MacBook with 500 gigs of RAM on it or whatever, and now you need to replace a MacBook with 500. What you know what I mean? Like that's the difference. It's and, much, yeah, much more. What's the job that it fulfills for you? Yeah, it's a much more comprehensive coverage. I would I would assume that the vast majority of people have residual value coverage and not replacement value because that's better for the insurance and and also for the premium. And I think this also extends to the value of your home. I had this really eye-opening experience a couple of years ago where I actually replied to a mailer. Somebody sent me a mail piece that said, we think, you know, you live in a nice house. We think we can save you money on your insurance. And I was like, eh, I'm shopping right now anyway. Perfect. It landed perfectly. And this person uh, explained to me, he says, well, here's what your insurance is covering. How much do you think it costs to fix, if your house 
got torn down in a tornado, like how much would it cost to fix? I'm like, oh, way more than this. He's like, well, this is the number they're giving you. So you're going to build a smaller house or you're going to go take it and move somewhere else. Like after you pay the mortgage off, you're only left with this. Then what? You know, we rely a lot on the estimates that the insurance company gives us. Hey, this is how much we think your house is worth. This is how much we think your barn is worth. This is how much we think your garage is worth. But that may not be the actual build back value of t- in today's dollars, especially, you know, some higher cost things going on these days in home construction. So pay attention to that also. Well, it's funny that you mention these little tricks that insurance agents will often use OG to change the policy. So it looks like it's less expensive because Doug, when you brought up this topic, I did a search for best things to look for in a homeowner's insurance policy. And the Mm. top 10 responses were cheapest homeowners, which is not what I asked. I didn't ask about cheaper homeowners. I asked about better homeowners. Were were those, those ads that are always, they're now like the, the first responses on, you know, Google are all ads now. Is that what those were? Or were these actual articles? There were a couple of those, but the top 10 search results that I was given uh, uh-huh. beyond those, the organic search gotcha. results were cheapest when I asked best, which uh big, big difference between the two of those. Wow. Hey, uh, we're going to dive way, way, way more into these topics in the 201, our newsletter. Obviously today we just kind of, we were able to give you the tip of the iceberg. This would be a seven hour podcast. If we dove more into this, we had a great resource, the 201, where we're going to talk more about good homeowners, what to do in a disaster, all of those things. By the way, Starting today, also big push. We didn't see the we didn't see this coming, so our timing might be bad. But if you refer people to the two hundred one, we're giving away some Magneto skateboards, a great skateboard company in uh, Carlsbad, California. And why the hell would they want to pair with us? They must want us at some point, OG, to talk about disability insurance <laughs> because me me filming skateboard company me filming coverage, yeah, of uh, me uh, getting on a skateboard. You'll see it if you follow us at all on social media, but stackybenjamins.com slash 201, and we'll dive uh, deeper into this. And if you know somebody that needs those links, uh, Brooke Miller does a heck of a job of putting together all the resources we talk about on the show. Hey, uh, time for our TikTok minute. This is the part of the show where we shine a light on a TikTok creator and something that was said or spread on TikTok. Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's hashtag great. Oh, gee, we kind of cheated a little bit today in Doug's open. He told you who we're going to hear from here. So do you think I that wasn't it's listening? So perfect. <laughs> Fantastic. I know this comes as a shock to you, but I was not paying attention to what Doug said. Do you think this is great or hashtag great today? Uh, I'll go great today. Yeah. Well, you might have heard the two words, Jamie Dimon, who's the uh, CEO ah. of... Uh, financial industry giant JP Morgan Chase and generally regarded as a pretty smart guy. This is uh JP Morgan testifying before Congress uh just in the last couple of weeks. And this comes to us from Business Week. I'm a major skeptic on crypto tokens, which you call currency like Bitcoin. They are decentralized Ponzi schemes and and the notion that's good for anybody is unbelievable. So we sit here in this room and talk about a lot of things, but $2 billion has been lost every year, $30 billion of ransomware, AML, sex trafficking, stealing, uh, it, it's dangerous. Some pretty strong words from, 
from Jamie Dimon about the value of crypto. We've already lost $2 billion, OG, on this. You have? You guys had $2 billion in this thing? <laughs> it was crazy. That's where the money went. That's- it was good while it lasted. I was looking for like $2 an hour for a raise, and you couldn't handle that? You had to put it all in crypto. That's why we uh, had to start a podcast. Go uh, make a dollar or two. Might not, might not be truthful. Sounds like uh, fighting words from uh, Jamie. Yeah, and when and you know you know my understanding too though is that J.P. Morgan Chase uses crypto stuff and Goldman Sachs use crypto for a lot of the things behind the scenes. OG that they use now, that they do now. So Jamie talking about this is a Ponzi scheme. I think he he's got to be just talking about the average person using these tokens. I love how he avoids calling it currency. By saying these mm-hmm. tokens that you call currency, he's not even going to call it a currency. <laughs> nope. I like not it. Not going to be it. It's a it's a token. And I think what we've said over the years makes a lot of sense right now. The technology that it supports is probably the biggest, coolest part of all of this. The fact that it's money, air quotes, is probably the worst part of it. I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to... So the notion of blockchain... Is what you you think is the coolest yeah. part of it? Okay. I'm looking forward to the day where I can decide that I want to buy a house, put my offer in, and close on it in a day and a half, as opposed to, well, the title company can see you in 28 days, and maybe someday we'll be able to decide whether or not, you know what I mean? Like, that's just, it's an unnecessary burden on a lot of things, and it would be nice to be able to to have that be somewhat instantaneous. I saw somebody tweet the other day. How are you going to explain to your grandkids that you thought buying eight bit pictures of monkeys was a good idea for to spend a hundred grand on? (laughs) Remember those days? (laughs) Like even now we're like, yeah, the, the gig is up on uh, digital artwork. I think, I think that's the latest version of the beanie baby. If you want to see this video more, we'll have that at the 201 stackybenjamins.com slash 201. All right. This woman, uh, many of you know, if you've been around here, if you've been around these parts at all, Paula Pant has been a contributor to the show for a decade. She also has her own award-winning podcast, Afford Anything, and a great community of people. And many people here are members of both of our communities, the Stacking Benjamins community and the Afford Anything community. We were so pleased. Mom was entirely, entirely pleased and bragging like hell when Paula became one of four people involved in a new Netflix special coaching people about money called Get Smart With Money out just in the last month. And we're going to talk to her about the behind the scenes. She'll share some of her tips that she shares on the show. But before we get to that, Doug, I think you've got a little uh, trivia for us. Sure do, Joe. Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. It's the anniversary of the SimCity video game being released in 1989. Ah, yes. Building your own civilization just to release a natural disaster? <laughs> might, be, might be too soon. <laughs> oh, I just, yeah. <laughs> the timing of this writing may not be the greatest. No, might, might not. If we're living in a simulation right now, I think we want to end that one. But anyway, back to you, Doug. The creators had to found their own company called Maxis, which developed not only SimCity, but SimFarm, SimArt, SimEarth, Crystal Sim, The Simpsons, and of course, The Sims. 
the company that could barely get their first game off the ground later sold for like a bajillion dollars. My question is, to which company? I'll be right back after I play in bed by myself. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads after trying out Monarch myself. I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. Hey there, stackers. I'm Simulation of the Future and long-standing mayor of Dugtown, Joe's mom's neighbor Doug. SimCity could have come out in 1985, but the creators, Will Wright and Jeff Braun, couldn't find a publisher who wanted to release a game without a clear goal. That's when they founded their own company. So, which company was Maxis later sold to? Entertainment Arts or EA? And now, the woman who could never sell out and is now helping millions get smart with money, all thanks to this guy right here. It's Paula Pant crawling back into the basement, begging for more of our publicity. When Paula Pant said she was taking a hiatus, nobody knew she'd be back like three weeks later. I know, right? I can't stay away. How are you? Oh, man. I I mean, the fact that I am back here, I need like a 12-step program to stay away from. From this space. But, you know, it's the worst possible time to take a hiatus from the online world, like the, the world of Afford Anything and Stacking Benjamins, is right when your Netflix movie comes out. Right. That's what I was thinking. 
I mean, I know that's a relatable problem. Everyone's like, God, I hate it when my Netflix movie comes uh, out. But yes. I've just started an, at an Ivy League school. I hate it when that happens. Oh, my God. You know, very relatable problems. You know, Paula, this entire episode, we're taking uh, complete credit for your success. Just wanted to let you know. Oh, like, good. It's, good. It's, it's what you already <laughs> expect from us. But, you know, the fact that uh, we were able to help you launch this thing. You're welcome. Oh, well, I, the, the fruit basket is uh, on its way to Texarkana. <laughs> Good. That's that's all the payment we need. So all your fans are wondering, though, you know, being back in school, how's it different? Like going back to school, like you pack your lunch every day or do you have the cool <laughs> Flintstones lunchbox that you take into class? I was thinking about getting a hard case lunchbox. I really I and if I did, I would get a cartoon one like maybe maybe Flintstones, uh, maybe Scooby-Doo. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. Remember them? Oh, no? yeah, yeah. So I, I used to read Archie comics. Yes. Uh, and Josie and the Pussycats came out of that. So, yeah, I remember them from that, uh, from like Summers in Kathmandu reading Archie comics in my aunt's basement. I feel like that would be old school enough, too, where it would be cool. You know what I mean? Like, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, it's still cool. But it, anyway, exactly. I'm not here to talk about hip lunchboxes, which I know a lot about. <laughs> but I don't know a lot about what you're doing. So good, bad, ugly? Amazing, amazing. So first of all, I love... Like, I feel like I appreciate a college education a lot more now than I did when I was in my early 20s. Um, in early 20s, having never experienced anything other than school, going straight from high school into undergrad, the things that are special about education didn't resonate with me because I never knew any differently. And an educational institution is a place where it's like this massive structure that is built for you to succeed. Like, where else in the world do you ever get that? Where do you get a huge institution where every professor, all the faculty, all the staff, everyone who's employed is working the job of your success, you know, and the success of all of your peers and, and fellow students? Like, man, out in the, in the working world, it's, you know, it, it can be like dog eat dog. Like, it, it can yeah. get competitive. But yeah. here – here, everyone just wants you to succeed. It's it's And they go out of their way. If they see that you're working hard, they will work hard for the people who work hard. Every study shows that people that go back to school after having some life under their belt do better. I think they know they know what the professor's actually after. They know what mm -hmm. uh, what they want out of it. Like you're thinking about usability. Um, yeah. You're thinking, okay, that's BS. I don't need to know that. But this thing, ooh, I really need to know that. And then you're much more likely because a professor usually has some life experience as well. And you kind of know which way the test is going to go because the test is going to test the usable stuff. So people with some life experience do better. So I would bet that all these people in your cohort, all of you, I would imagine doing very well. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine the discussions you have, by the way, like, like everybody talking about how you're able to use the stuff that you're learning. Right, exactly. So what's really cool about the, the cohort that I'm in is I spend a portion of my week with the other fellows, you know, the other business, mid-career business journalism fellows. And then I spend the other portion of my week specifically with people who are getting a master's of arts in journalism with a business and economics concentration. And those are two separate groups. And I spend like a portion of my week with one group, a portion of my week with the other. One is 10 people, including me. The other is seven people, including me. So they're both fairly intimately sized groups. Sure, yeah. The experiences and the the discussions and everything that that take place between the two groups are are very different. Like the the MA with a business and econ concentration track, those 
myself and this one other fellow named Kevin, we are the only two Americans within that track. So everyone else is a, an, an experienced journalist from Indonesia, from India, from the Philippines, from Singapore. They happen to all be from Asian countries. But a lot of the discussions that we have relate to how journalism is practiced across Asia. So, um, yeah, it's, wow. it's an incredible insight. And business journalism specifically. You know, we'll hear about here's how Forbes India would cover that story. Like, wow. Well, let's dive into it. I want to start off with this. A very, a very, very simple noise, Paula. <laughs> so how the hell, how the hell? Wow. Like when they first, when they first That's reached good. out to you, like, did you think somebody was, was messing with you? Did you, did you see it come and tell me exactly the genesis of this? How did it start? So because of my high visibility by virtue of running Afford Anything. And, and I, I, Joe, I assume this is something you can relate to. I Running often, Afford Anything, yes. It's exhausting. Yes. <laughs> Being on every other episode, so difficult. If it weren't for me, that thing would never fly. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, because of that, I often get cold pitches from wannabe video producers, wannabe documentary producers who want my time. And the shortest instance of them wanting my time, they want an hour Skype or Zoom call with me where they can record some sort of a, you know, some snippets that they'll use in a pitch. The longest instance, there was a production company that flew me to Denver and spent three days filming wow. what's known as a sizzle reel. Yeah. And so a, a sizzle reel is like industry term for like essentially a pitch reel. Sure. So for years, I've had a lot of those false starts um, you know, those those leads that went nowhere and it cost a lot of time and effort and distraction. And so honestly, when the producers of this documentary reached out to me, I kind of ignored it because I was like, meh, been through this before, <laughs> not going anywhere. <laughs> so I basically kind of gave them, you know, brushed them off, gave them the cold, the short shoulder, the cold shoulder, whatever that expression is. And it wasn't until they emailed me a contract that I was like, oh, all right, they're serious. I should pay attention. Well, wait a minute. So so when they first pitch you, they had not sold it to Netflix. Did they know it was going to be Netflix from the beginning? Yes. Yes, oh, they, they did. did. They did. Okay. Yes. So, so that was the distinction. So if they had not yet sold it to Netflix, if they were just wannabe producers who were tapping me to, to film a pitch that they would then shop around, if that had been the case, then they would be just like every other production company that I've encountered. Yeah. You know, that was the reason that I ignored them because I assumed that they were in that aforementioned bucket. But yeah. what made them distinct was that by the time they reached out to me, they already had the project sold to Netflix and they were ready to cast. That was why they were able to send me a contract right away. Gotcha. This does not happen overnight. Uh, you know, people, you see it and you think, oh, Paula, Paula recorded this stuff like five days ago, right? Uh, <laughs> when, when did this actually start? What time are we talking about that you're ignoring them and then they finally send you a contract and you're like, whoa. It was mid-pandemic. It was at some point mid-pandemic. Um, and I remember that only because there were all kinds of questions around how will the shooting happen based oh, on yeah. COVID restrictions, based on can we fly? If so, you know, what's the protocol around face masks, blah, 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 blah. So the whole thing, all of the casting started mid-pandemic. And then fortunately, we gradually started uh, emerging from the pandemic 
during filming, which, which made things easier. Well, let's talk about filming. This is the very beginning of episode number one. And, uh, well, let's just have a listen. My name is Paula Pan, and I'm the founder of AffordAnything.com. We are here to help people save, earn more, invest, retire. The way that we manage our money influences every aspect of our lives, and yet no one ever formally teaches it to us. Because of that, people are missing out on opportunities to make money. They start with you, Paula. The whole damn yeah. show starts with you. Like you're yeah. the first, you're the first person anybody sees that turns this on. Yeah, that that shocked me. I did not know that they were going to do that. So tell me about the format for people that haven't watched this before. Uh, it's you and some other coaches. Tell me about the other coaches and tell me about what the mission is of the show. Sure. So first of all, and I, I want to correct one thing. You you previously referred to it as episode one. So it's a documentary, not yeah, a series. Good point. Yes, good point. Um, so yes. Well, I, I just assume there's going to be a sequel, Paula. I assume uh, there's going to be a sequel. Come on. <laughs> Why, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so it's a, a documentary, approximately 90 minutes. And the premise is four financial coaches, each working with a distinct financial protege. So the four coaches are me, Mr. Money Mustache, Tiffany Aliche, the budget Nista, and Ross Mack, who has a, a major YouTube presence. Each of us are coaches, and each of us work with a protege who has a different type of financial problem. The woman that I work with, she's a 27-year-old girl, coincidentally living in Austin, Texas, named Lindsay. And she's an extremely talented artist. Yeah, Lex, actually, because I have the clip right here, why don't we meet her using her words? Is that all right? Oh, perfect. Hi there. Um, I'm Lindsay. I've been living paycheck to paycheck. I have two jobs, but I still haven't been able to save up any money. And I'm trying to break out of this cycle. Lindsay doesn't realize it, but she has so much going for her. And so if she wants to launch a new career, this is absolutely the best time in her life for her to be able to take those risks. Did you first meet her on screen, by the way? Like when you guys yes. have the camera running, is that when you first, oh, you didn't get to, there was no introduction ahead of time? No. In fact, I, I asked for an introduction ahead of time and the producers told me no. They said they they intentionally want us to meet on camera for the first time because they want to, they wanted to be able to film that moment. They want to film that. Yeah. I had no idea what she even looked like. And so the very first time that we met, uh, I flew to Austin. We were doing the shooting at the bar, the bar restaurant where she worked of course, they'd you know the bar had to shut down for business for that afternoon. The, the whole film crew had gotten there about two hours in advance. They'd done all the setup. Lindsay was there, the lights, the cameras, everything. She was in place, and then I was the very last person who got um, brought in. And so they had cameras trained on me from three or four different angles, filming the very moment that I walk up to the bar, pull out the chair, and like take that seat across from Lindsay. Which is, so. which is funny because uh, everybody, when you watch this, you're going to see it's just Paula and Lindsay in this empty bar, but you're saying there's like a bajillion cameras and there's how many people in the room? Oh, geez. Uh, if I had to guess maybe 30 ish, <laughs> I'd say. People. 
<laughs> and all we see is the two of you and it just looks very natural. And there's nothing mm. less natural than, than this, <laughs> this actual scene. Where's the, where's the, the microphone? They got a boom mic up above the, up above the scene. Yep, they did. They did. They had a boom mic up above the scene. There was there was someone whose job was to blot the sweat from my nose. She literally would stay. She would run in between scenes and just like blot my nose. Do 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 do. do make sure it was nicely met. <laughs> that person here, we call him Doug. That's what we call him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go away from a second, Paula, from behind the scenes and and really talk about what Lindsay's struggling with because ostensibly this is a finance show. But you you say in that clip, which I love, that Lindsay doesn't know it, but she's got so much going on for her. And I think that's universal. You talked about your negative self-talk whenever you watch this. Lindsay's got a bunch of negative self-talk going on. We tend to focus on these negatives instead of all the kick-ass positive things we have going on in our life. Right, exactly. So, you know, Lindsay's challenge is that she is a very talented artist. She's always wanted some type of artistic or creative career, such as to be a costume designer or a clothing designer or a, or a visual artist, a, a painter, something, something in the arts, something in the creative field. And that to date had not yet happened for her. So she, at the time that we met, she was 27 years old. She was working two jobs as a server and a bartender, bringing home about $1,000 a week, 52000 a year, and living very paycheck to paycheck. Um, she had a bunch of debt and just felt this complete disappointment in her life. And so what she really struggled with was an income problem. And the root of that income problem was a, a confidence problem and ironically a little bit of a creative thinking problem, which sounds weird to say given how talented she is artistically, creatively. But entrepreneurship itself is a form of creativity. And you know, Lindsay is, was skilled at thinking creatively when it came to the visual arts, but she had not yet learned how to think creatively about how to monetize her skills and talents. And so that was what I really coached her with. And you see that progression throughout the documentary. Well, when you and I answer people's questions, I feel like this is something we could all learn from because how often do we question the premise of the question mm -hmm. people ask us? Like you and I, I feel like a lot of the time we say you're asking the wrong question. Like that is not even the right question. I think we need to broaden it out a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, there was a lot from the movie that got cut. I was, when I watched it, I was surprised at how much ended up on the cutting room floor. I mean, just due to time. For example, one of those, uh, to illustrate the point that you made, this ended up on the cutting room floor. But in that first meeting, I asked Lindsay what her financial goals were. And she was like, well, I'd like to improve my credit score. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you do not need that goal. Why would you want to improve your credit score? You're, you are nowhere close to buying a home. There's no reason for you to take on any other debt. So this stage of your life is a moot point. Yeah, sure, maybe it's got implications for her insurance rate, but those are small potatoes compared to some of the big things that she needed to conquer. Yeah, that shows the degree, I think, to which we buy into the advertisements that we see, the kind mm -hmm. of, you know, everybody needs to own a house, everybody needs a good credit score, and we never think why, right? I mean, we were talking to Professor Scott Galloway recently about, you know, why does everybody need to go to college? And there's these mm -hmm. poor kids that feel they're kind of being shoved into college when they really want nothing to do with it. But you know, at high school graduation, what's the default question we get asked? Yeah, where are you going to college? Yeah, yeah right, mm -hmm. immediately. Let's hear about Lindsay in, in, in her own words, because I've got some more questions. 
When I was in high school, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I was like, yes, this is what's gonna happen. Go to college, go to fashion school, get an internship, get a job, and by the age of 35, be a name brand designer. It's funny, don't we all get kind of derailed? Like we have these great plans. I was going to be the world's next greatest architect when I was in junior high, Paula. And then I realized mm. I couldn't freaking draw. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be a problem. My stick people don't look like stick people. <laughs> I was going to be a journalist, but I was going to be a foreign correspondent. That was my my dream coming out of college. Well, maybe now, maybe after this yeah, school. It- it Maybe could still happen, actually. Um, in fact, now I have more contacts in that arena and more of a sense of how to do it than ever before. So who knows? But it is. I mean, I think part of it, we look at your journey, it, different, obviously, than Lindsay's. But the journey, this texture of what really happens, I mean, you can look at it as a negative, like I think Lindsay kind of does. But you can also look at it as a positive. Look at all the training she has. I mean, we're going to get into what you talked about earlier, which was she's got these three jobs bartending, being a server. Those are some great jobs to have learning about customer service, about attention to detail. Mm -hmm. I'll give away a a little piece of the movie. One of the first things that I suggest that she does, because, you know, I I talked to her about how she needs to boost her income in the short term and in the long term. And so we discuss the two types of side hustles. There are the gigs that you take for the sake of a quick short-term hit of money And then there's the slow burn, the side hustle that you start because you're trying to develop out a business and it doesn't give you that sudden influx of money. It takes months, maybe even years before you make anything from it, but that's directionally where you want to spend the rest of your life. And so I work with Lindsay on doing both in order to solve both her short-term and her long-term problem, income problem. And in terms of the short-term she loves she wants a side hustle that's fun. We land on dog walking and there's this great scene where she goes to the park and starts sketching pictures of people's dogs at the dog park and then she will hand them a photo of their dog, uh not a photo, a sketch of their dog. Yeah. And she's like, "Hey, hope you don't mind. I was sitting on that park bench. I sketched your dog really quickly. Here it is. By the way, I walk dogs. I dog sit, so my uh my contact info is on on this sketch, if you ever need a dog walker, please uh, hit me up. Oh, what great marketing. I know, right? Right. It's so good. It's so good. I can't wait to see. Do we know if she scores any short, if she gets any any uh, quick hits? So, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil the movie, but I'll just <laughs> say all, all four storylines have a happy ending. Let's get back to Lindsay and her story, because there's a little more here I want to ask you about, Paula. I begged my mom for a sewing machine. I wanted to make my ideas come to life. Then we started looking at fashion schools for me to apply to. That's where I really learned to hone my skills. I will say I never completed schools, but I at least learned the basics. So I had had this plan, but things changed. Hey, how are y'all doing today? How are you? Good. We have a favorite beer so far? Watermelon. Watermelon. Hell yeah. 
I have two jobs right now. I am a waitress at a beer garden, and I am also a bartender at a brewery. I have you at... I said she has three jobs. She has two, as you hear right there. She's she's really defensive, Paula, about not finishing school, though. I mean, even people just listening to it, they're not watching it. Um, Mm -hmm. You can hear how defensive she is, and I don't understand why people get... I mean, I do understand. It's cultural, right? Hey, I didn't finish school. I just want to be upfront. But does it really, does it matter if she learned what she needed to get? Right, exactly. I mean, and the best training is is on the job. I've never, until a month ago, I have never had any formal journalism training. This is literally, I'm, I'm in currently week three of a <laughs> <laughs> formal journalism training. <laughs> Having been in this space for uh, 17 years now. Yeah. I mean, it's the difference between designing a curriculum and just getting a piece of paper. I think designing a life curriculum might involve college, but it might involve other things. I want to ask you about this, speaking of other things. So Lindsay has these variable income streams, makes it very difficult for her to budget. A lot of people listening to this have variable income. She says she doesn't always pay all her bills because she doesn't know how much she's going to make. Mm -hmm. How did you help her deal with that? You talked about the income side. Mm -hmm. Was there anything on the budget side you were able to help her get going? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the first things that we discussed were the the big three expenses. So for the average American, their three biggest expenses are housing, transportation, and food. My coaching with her involved, hey, don't sweat the micro stuff. A lot of times people get really caught up in these $1, $2 decisions. But if you focus on the big three first, you'll make the biggest gains there. So at first we looked at housing. She's already living in a, a small apartment with her fiancé. They did have a spare bedroom. We th- This got left on the cutting room floor, but we discussed the possibility of her airbnb in that room or renting it out, getting a roommate. But she ultimately decided to keep that spare bedroom vacant because she wanted to use it as an art studio. And that yeah. ultimately ended up being a, a good decision that paid off, as you'll see, further. It helps in- her business exactly. that she's trying to develop. Sure. So that was the housing conversation. In terms of transportation, I told her just drive the cheapest clunker you can find, something that gets you from point A to point B, uh, nothing better. And then in terms of food, that was where she really had space for improvement because she was ordering from Uber Eats and DoorDash. She was ordering from those, those types of services pretty frequently because coming home from you know working as a server or a bartender Exhausting. and her fiancé – Exactly. Her fiance is also a, he works in a kitchen. And so, you know, both of them in the service industry, in the restaurant industry, the last thing they want to do when they get home from work is cook. And so we worked through that quite a bit. And once she was able to really ratchet down ordering out and um, learn the, the basics of bulk buying and meal prepping, once they were able to do that, it freed up a lot of space in her budget. Wow, cool. You know, it's funny because I love her hustle. And I think a lot of us think that if we just hustle more, that we're going to get ahead. But the Uber Eats, to your point, you nailed it, is a is a result of that. Like she spends more money because of her hustle that she has. Really, this idea of having a ton of jobs just isn't sustainable, I don't think. Right. And, you know, they're not the jobs that that energize her. Right. Yeah. There's a distinction between the type of work that energizes you and sure, there, even with that, there's a limit to how long your days can be. But at least it's the type of work where at the end of the day, you feel alive, like tired, but alive. There's a distinction between that versus doing something just for the paycheck. I want to end with just 
this idea, I can't imagine Paula giving advice to somebody when there's 30 people in the room, these lights, you've got a microphone overhead, you know, you and I, when we're recording Stacking Benjamins or Afford Anything, we got our little Stacking Benjamins crew, or we've got just you and I on the microphone for Afford Anything. Did you ever get used to it? Like, did you finally get comfortable with the fact that I've got all these people listening in every time I'm giving this, this awesome woman some advice? You know, honestly, it didn't feel that uncomfortable. It didn't, um, and really? I, I, it didn't. I give a lot of that credit to to Kristen and Mandy and like a, a lot of the, the team that worked on this film behind the scenes. They were so friendly, so communicative, so professional. They immediately made me feel comfortable. And so by the time, even by the time, by the very first shoot, I had interacted with them enough you know, by email, by phone, by Zoom, that it automatically kind of felt like, okay, I've got a couple of friends in the room. And I think that went a long way towards creating this yeah. this sense of comfort. Yeah, that's great. Those are people that are clearly good at their job. Speaking of jobs that let you up, I don't think you make documentaries unless you love that process. Right. The film is called Get Smart With Money. It's about 90 minutes long. It's fantastic. And Paula Pants in it. What else do you need to know? And uh, you can get that wherever you hear the boom that awesome Netflix noise. <laughs> and and please give us a thumbs up on Netflix and give us a uh, review, hopefully a positive review on Rotten Tomatoes. I love seeing it, by the way, uh, trending on Netflix. That was pretty badass. I first get into Netflix, yeah. Cheryl and I, and we see that Paula's trending. I'm like, unbelievable. That's so great. <laughs> well, you know, well, you and I, we know three of the four. I don't know the fourth gentleman. Um, uh, but I'd Ross love to Mack, meet him yeah. as well. Yeah. Ross Mack seems pretty cool as well. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, Paula, and your busy schedule and get back to studying his mom said. <laughs> this is Rebecca from Connecticut. Instead of stacking Hamiltons and Jacksons, I'd much rather be stacking Benjamins. Big thanks to Paula. Big congratulations to Paula on a job well done. Oh, gee. She represented the basement and the afford anything community in a great way. And it's, so amazing to have Paula Pant and that ba-bum noise associated with each other now. That's pretty cool, huh? That's what, pretty cool. Ba-bum, that's the thing. Ba-bum. <laughs> Did we even get a mention? Have you seen it yet? Did we even get, I mean, she had to talk about me for like 20 minutes, right? One star, Paula. One star. <laughs> yeah, right. How come, how come you didn't say, well, Lindsay, uh, here's what you do. Go listen to the Stacking Benjamin show. Yeah. That is the yeah. first thing that you should do. Yeah. Shout out to Doug, by the way, for this big <laughs> advice I'm going to give you. Yeah. None of that. What's that about? Hey, let's uh, throw out David Lifeline. Get back to stuff that we can control here and tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, OG, they put what you value first. Well, it's the first Monday in October. So um, I think it's time to have some Halloween candy, don't you? Costco sized bags of Milky Ways and peanut butter cups. Maybe that's what Doug spent $400 on at Costco. Lingering around the house. <laughs> Yesterday was just candy. Now it's Halloween candy and it's all good. It, it's different. It is different. It does yes. hit different in October. <laughs> it does. I, I could do a pellet of Kit Kats in one sitting. Oh, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Just Kit Kat's a fine, fine piece of food. Do you eat the layers? Yeah, I do. I bite them kind of, what is that, like horizontally? I don't just go straight in. I kind of... Okay, Nobody's got time for that. Yeah. Just go, I just go, <laughs> goes down. Yeah. 
Exactly. Like a paper you just put shredder. All four bars in horizontally. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I will never forget. I will never forget. I was at the stoplight at Adams and Big Beaver. There was a woman behind me. The sun was kind of, you know, shining. So I could see the woman behind me in my rear view mirror. And I watched her put a bag of Cheetos up to her face. And in the course of a stoplight, she just slowly fed that thing all the way in. And the light turned green and I was so fixated. I'm like rooting for her, like, go, 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 go. And the Doug- light turns green and she's, <laughs> people are honking at her. I'm in front of her. They don't real. I'm like, no, I'm, we're, we're seeing this through to the end, people. And yeah, she did. On. She just, just crushed that whole bag. It wasn't, this is not like the little kid's bag of Cheetos that goes in the brown paper lunch bag. No, no, no. This was closing in on family size. And true story, OG, that is now Mrs. Doug. That's how they met. <laughs> he went back and proposed immediately. How I met your mother. Can we, like can, we, can we get married? It's actually your loved ones in your time. It says here on my script, people like your loved ones in your time. What? Haven life, people. We're talking about haven life. That's why they made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash haven life now for a free quote. At Haven Life, their application's been streamlined, simplified. It's online. You'll get this done right away. It's all not only affordably priced, but all policies issued by their parent company, Mass Mutual, more than 160-year-old insured. Just like we talked about with homeowners, it isn't just what you pay, it's what you get. And the quality of the insurance company, I think, is a big piece of that. Hey, uh, today we're going to throw out the lifeline to TD. Is that touchdown? We're throwing it out to touchdown. It's, Maybe I think it's, it's TD Ameritrade calling us for advice. TDC. Well, let's see. Hey, TD. Hi. I've been listening to your show for years and really enjoy you guys. Love listening to you guys when I'm working out or on long drives. My husband and I have been in the healthcare field for years. It has taken a toll on us. As many healthcare workers know, even though it is a very rewarding profession, one easily maxes out on the salary scale and there is often no pension. Currently, we both have several little side jobs, but nothing that provides a retirement or insurance. My question is, what are all these fire movement people or independent entrepreneurs doing for health insurance? The plans we are finding are just horrible. If you have covered this on another show, I apologize, but I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Oh, and one last thing. It would be interesting if you re-interview some of the people you've had on the show in the past, see what they're doing now or what they would have changed. A lot of the ones you interview seem young, and it'd be interesting to see what their view is now. Love what you guys do. Thank you very much, and I really look forward to my swag. <laughs> Thanks for the call and for the kind words, uh, TD. Jeez. Glad that you called in. This is a this is a heck of an issue. Before we get to the the heart of your question, the really important part, I love this idea going back to stackers, some of whom are young and are right in the middle of things. Like, oh gee, we had the people on that moved to moved to Texas, had never been to that city before, and no idea uh, how it you know was going to turn out. I'd love to talk to them to TD's point, maybe three or four years from now, see how, how that turned out. Yeah. Yeah, I love this idea of continuing stories. Obviously, some of our expert guests like Ramit Sadie's been on a lot. Jill Schlesinger's been on a ton. Gene Chatsky from the Today Show. Uh, we have them on quite often. But a lot of these stackers love what you're saying there. And uh, we'll definitely take that uh, to heart. But, OG, let's get to the 
heart of this, speaking of heart conversation, health insurance, what a bear. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculously expensive at every level. If, if uh, she said it's terrible and, and I think depending on what you mean by that, you're probably right. Do you mean terrible in the sense of coverage? Probably. Do you mean terrible in the sense of premium costs? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) It really is largely dependent on where you live and what your income is. You know, the um, ACA plan, some of them are fantastic and some of them are less than fantastic and some of them are just downright awful. And the cost structure is also largely dependent on how much money you have or how much money you make, I should say, every year and gets adjusted. So some people who retire and don't have a lot of taxable income, qualify for very, very, very inexpensive healthcare coverage. There's obviously also a lot of gamesmanship that goes on there. When we talk about retirement planning and making sure that you have different money in different buckets, right? You've got your pre-tax money in your 401k. You've got maybe some Roth money and some brokerage money. Some of that is to control your taxes, but some of that is the downstream effects of controlling your taxes. For example, your Medicare premiums, or in this case, your ACA premiums if you're on the uh, healthcare.gov pages. you know, So you could have a bajillion dollars if you don't have any taxable income that year. Your health insurance is almost free. you know, For good or for bad, that's just how it works year to year. From an entrepreneurial standpoint, I can speak to that because we've had both. We did the ACA plan in Texas uh, where we live, and it was very expensive and not really fantastic from a coverage standpoint. And now we have group insurance for, for our team. And it's very expensive. I think it's probably close to almost $4,000 a month total for for five people. And uh, only one of us has a family. (laughs) That person's me. So we bear the large brunt of that on a personal side. So the answer is, I don't know the answer to your question. It's very difficult. And between health insurance and, uh, you know, rising costs of, of debt, which is in the mortgage situation right now, I just read an article the other day. The average American with the average income has to pay 50% of their income to afford the average house Mm. based on kind of, you know, interest rates and all that other stuff. So you take that and add that to some of these other things that are super important to have, like health insurance and food. And you've kind of consumed a boatload of your, of your cash if you're quote unquote, the average person. So I think you have to take advantage of the you know, the resources that are available to you, you know, don't, this, this is really silly, but when you, when you set up incentives, this is what happens. But if your income is such that the next dollar makes you pay a hundred dollars a month of premiums for your health insurance, I wouldn't earn that extra dollar. You know, if your sole focus is lowering premiums. Now, if you can say, well, if I make $200, I have to pay a hundred of it in premiums. Well, you're still up a hundred. That's a bad trade. But that's just the way that incentive works. But I wouldn't make that extra $1 to pay $100 a premium. So does that make sense? You know, yeah, like wherever yeah. your income is. So I think you have to know those things year to year, try to try to play the game a little bit. I've got uh, just a couple things to add, OG, to that. Number one is if you have a flexible benefits program at work, later on this month, Brooke Miller and I have been working hard to put out a guide to help you better choose uh, flexible benefits at work and what you really need to look at there. So if you have different 
if for people, and I know this isn't UTD, but if you're somebody that has many different options, we dive into all those different options there. Again, that would be a seven hour podcast if we dove into that here. But a guy that we interviewed, uh, Scott Heiser, if you just look at our YouTube channel and go look at the interview we did with Scott Heiser, we interviewed him twice. Scott Heiser talks about not the cost of insurance, but actually the cost of care and how to mitigate the cost of care. He said, you know, people talk about, I flew to Mexico. Our friend Lynette Kilfani-Cox, who was a CNBC and Wall Street Journal reporter for a long time, went to Mexico for dental work. Like you hear these exotic things and you think to yourself, I can't do that. Scott Heiser says, you don't have to. You can sometimes just go across town and find Mm -hmm. a much less expensive option when it comes to care. So he walks through a lot of those. There's also a cautionary tale that I want to add. There are a lot of religious collectives for coverage. Uh, So instead of buying an insurance policy, you'll join an insurance collective. This can be a good option to lower your cost of coverage. But, oh, gee, people have to be very mindful of what it says right across the top of any of these collectives that you join. It says not actuarially sound. And those are three big words that you need to understand if you decide, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put my money in this bucket generally organized around a, a religious affiliation and uh, that way lower my cost. If it hits the fan all at once for a lot of people, that collective could could go under. And I know a lot of people and I've seen well-meaning bloggers that don't understand what not actuarially sound means that will sometimes advocate for that. I'm not saying don't go there. I'm saying if you do go there realize what your Achilles heel might be. Yeah, I know what you're getting. Yep. TD, thanks for the question. And we are sending you some swag, fantastic swag. The Haven Life shirt, the one that uh, we generally show Doug all week long uh, here on the show. And uh, before we send it out, we- Dangle it just out of reach. (laughs) We we pop it in the mail to uh, somebody as awesome as you, TD. If you would like to have OG and uh, Doug and I take a swing at your question, stackingbenjamins.com slash voicemail gets you there. Man, a lot to unpack today, but I'm looking at the clock and it's time for us to say goodbye again. Big giveaway the next couple of weeks. We could do some of your holiday shopping for you, giving away some pretty kick-ass skateboards from Magneto. Going to be a super partnership we'll be talking about for the next couple of weeks here. So details in the 201, stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. You'll get, you'll get a ticket just for signing up, a raffle ticket for these things. You'll get three for every person that you introduce to the 201. So if you've got friends that need those deeper links, time to get that going. And we could be sending you, you three skateboards just for referring somebody. So you get three tickets into the lottery uh, we're doing for the skate. I, I don't think we can say the word lottery into the giveaway into the giveaway this is not <laughs> yeah, a lottery to back off that phrase that and everybody gives us ten dollars <laughs> and, <laughs> and then refer <laughs> 10 people this is how this works if we start drawing circles on your podcast you know that's probably <laughs> probably not going to be good so we got that going on in the basement we also on wednesdays have a great instagram live that's at 5 p.m eastern do the math on wherever you are uh, go say hi to us on Instagram, our YouTube page, where we have longer versions of all the interviews we do. Just put Stacking Benjamins into the search engine and follow us on YouTube as as well. But if you're not here for any of that, you're worried about all of these recession fears that uh, people talk about so much. 
You might be feeling anxious to make some moves in your finances. However, I'd like you to instead check out this free guide that OG and his team put together that'll help you plan more and panic less no matter what the market does. Some great insights on what you should be doing and smart questions to ask yourself so that you make financial decisions your future self will thank you for. Head to stackybenjamins.com slash guide. That's stackingbenjamins.com slash guide to get that free guide from OG. And I think I said last, but very, very much last. Hope you're safe out there, stackers. We're recording this just before the hurricane hits land. So stay safe, Florida. All right. That's going to do it for today. Doug, you've got, uh, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? So what should we have learned today? First, take some advice from Paula Pan. Want to get smart with money? Lock down the three biggest expenses and you're well on your way. Housing, transportation, and groceries. Second, whether you're involved in the recent natural disaster or not, now is a great time to review your home insurance policy. But the big lesson? Hold tight to your dreams, even if they're a pixelated game with no end goal. Hey, look, if SimCity was big and The Sims was bigger, Sim Doug is surely going to blow the doors off the genre, even if those EA turds try to sue me. Thanks to Paula Pant for joining us today. Find the show she's part of, Get Smart With Money, during your next Netflix and Chill. Just look, just try to watch the whole thing before you get to the chill part, right? Jeez, you people are insatiable. We'll also include links in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2022, and is created by Joe Salcihai. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. To join all the basement fun with other stackers, type stackingbenjamins.com slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you next time back here at the Stacking Benjamin Show. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor.
Welcome to the after show. This, this, this comes to us from Board Panda, guys. And whenever, whenever I, I'm at the Board Panda site, you know this is going nowhere good. But these are, these are disclaimers and warnings that different people and different uh, companies have had. And I thought that I would run some of these by you because some of these clearly came from a lawsuit, right? That, uh, Hey, we, I think we need to, uh, we need to tell people in the most blunt way possible that this might not be good stuff, but by way of getting there, the first one I want to share with you is that that just this, this guy's apartment. And as you go down the stairs right above where the stairs go down in that piece of wall, there's a picture of a mallard, just, just a picture of a mallard on the water. And then the guy writes, People kept hitting their head on the wall as they went down the stairs. So I gave them a warning. Clever. Yes. And obviously the warning is duck. Duck. Love, love this one. This one is a hotel. Put up this notice. Dogs are welcome in this hotel. That sounds good, Doug. You could stay there with your two, uh, with your two dogs. Dogs are welcome. D- d- like <laughs> dogs. Other hotels don't welcome d- dogs. D- dogs are welcome. Yes, dogs are welcome. You've got a couple dogs, and so this is love good. my doggies. But but they don't stop there. They say dogs are welcome in this hotel. We never had a dog that smoked in bed and set fire to the blankets. We never had a dog that stole our towels and played the TV too loud or had a noisy fight with his traveling companion. We never had a dog that got drunk and broke up the furniture. So if your dog can vouch for you, you're welcome too. Just fabulous. Or this one that is all about uh, shower gel. On the back of the shower gel, it says how to use. And this is what it says. If you really don't know how, then we suggest you find someone you really like and invite them into the shower with you to demonstrate. <laughs> All right. It's like the, 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 the best how to, I, I think that about toothpaste, doesn't Brian Regan have a thing about pop tarts? It's about that. Really? You, you don't know how to do the, don't know how to do the pop tarts. I don't know which, I don't remember that one. Oh, like if, if you need instructions, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instructions on your pop tarts, like, like, right, right, right. Shouldn't it? You got other because you're trying to get out of the house fast in the morning, yes. and you got to stop and read instructions. You got other problems if you can't Take spare pop tart from bag. Yeah, right. Okay, <laughs> then what? <laughs> Remove wrapper. Shouldn't it just say pop the pop tart? Yeah. Uh, this is this is a sign on machinery. This machine, it is a huge machine. This machine does not know the difference between metal and flesh, nor does it care think that that gets the point across but i have seen ones that uh, that do know the difference <laughs> no do seriously the... like yeah like oh, you know they show the, yeah they'll show oh, those machines stop. like well they'll put like you know a hot dog in there and as soon as it gets it stops instantaneously yeah. with nary oh that's good yeah well this yeah, particular cool. machine uh doesn't is, doesn't have that safety yes. feature this is a tent outside of a uh, outside of a bar that's set up. Tent poles are not for pole dancing. It says in big letters. <laughs> God, I wish I had that warning sooner. But you you only you only post this at a bar if somebody's done it, right? But on the bottom of that, Doug, it says, "Please find alternative ways to disappoint your father." <laughs> that's sign making expertise. And then my last one, this is the last one. There's like 50 of these, but the last one, I love this one. And it says in this great big fifties font, 
in the parking lot for the restaurant. It says, remember what the valet who parked your car looks like because we don't have valet parking. <laughs> All of these are better than the duck over the stairwell. I like that. <laughs> the duck. Because as I was walking down the stairs and looking at the duck thing, thinking, is this guy a hunter? Why does he have a duck? I would be banging my head. Right, right. Like, I wonder right what Right in the middle of that thought. I wonder what the duck sign was for, and then it hit me. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Speaking of Vimeo, you know how you get partway through like any video like there on YouTube? And you get like partway through and they get right to the good part. You know what they do then? Throw the ad up. Well, yeah, don't, don't say that. Because <laughs> oh. I'm about to throw the ad up. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <Yes>. <laughs> 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 like, that's great. <laughs> you're, you're, like, you're like, no, tell me, Joe. <laughs> no, tell me. All right. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Doug still has no idea how this thing makes money after, after right. 10 years <laughs> and 1,300 efforts. <laughs> oh, I see where you're. <laughs> oh, that's when that stupid ad thing shows up. <laughs> well, stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate and take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.